0: So with that said, speaking of kids in our neighborhood, I've invited one of our own this morning, Tyrone McMorris, the executive director of Casino Road Kids Ministries, to come and share this next message in our discipleship series. Uh, Tyrone is a local missionary. He's given how many years to Casino Road? 18? 20? How? 20? Been here ministering the gospel to kids in this neighborhood for 20 years. Can we give him a hand? It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I said yesterday in our email to the church that Tyrone's life is a long obedience in the same direction, just faithfully, day after day after day, investing in young people. And uh, the the impact of that is far more than we could see or know. And I'm just thankful for our growing relationship and our friendship and the way that you're helping me engage in this community as I'm much newer to the community than you are. But it's just a delight to partner with you. Your love for Jesus inspires me. And I'm just excited to hear from you this morning. So thank you. Tyrone. Thanks, Pastor Chris.
1: Thank you. Hey, Um, good morning, everybody. Good morning. 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 um, Whenever I share, I always start with a confession. um, Because I think confessions are good. And my confession is I'm very nervous. Um, I get nervous. I get nervous before I speak to adults. Uh, When it comes to children, I'm fine with it. Um, So I'm just going to picture you all as children right now, <laughs> and that'll help me. Uh, uh, my other confession is um, I'm, I'm also nervous, too, and excited because my parents and my brother are here this morning, with my, my mom, Shirley, and my dad, Clayton, and um, <clears throat> my brother, Clayton. They're all here to support me, so good morning, you guys. Uh, but um, yeah, good morning, South there 4th Score Church. Um, as Pastor Chris said, my name is Tyrone McMorris, and I'm a member Here at our church, Uh, my wife Suzanne and I, we've attended our small but big church for about nine years. And I say we're small and big because while we're small to some in number, um, we have a big impact in the community. From the things that our church has done, from supporting missionaries in Myanmar, uh, Pastor Chris is in the Philippines, to um, South Carolina Foursquare, you guys helped birth a program that Casino Royal Kids Ministry does, uh, Start Out Right. Uh, it was birthed in our congregation, Todd McNeil's ministry hand in hand. You guys helped him get started and providing space for kids in the community who need a safe place to be. And even Casino Road Kids Ministries, you know, you guys support it and help Casino Road get going. Arlene uh, helped helped me out a lot, bookkeeping wise and things and keeping me honest. So um, very, um, very huge impact. Um, and we're a gathering of believers who seek to follow Jesus. Being his missionaries where God has placed us, in our homes, um, in our occupations, on Casino Road, and beyond, wherever God places us. And I'm also also the founder of Casino Road Kids Ministries, also known as CRKM. And CRKM serves neighborhood children who live on Casino Road between the ages of 5 and 11 years old. Um, through our Bible and our homework clubs. And we seek to bring hope and purpose to children by sharing the love of Jesus with them so that they, that they know that, that God values them, that they're smart enough to complete school, and that they're capable of being leaders and agents of change in Casino Road and in, in future generations. Um, and I love, I love what I get to do. I've been doing it for 20 years and it's fun, it's hard. There's good days, there's bad days, but man, I wouldn't have any other way. Um, currently, our ministries, we're serving over 130 kids through our programs, Bringing Hope and Purpose. One of the cool programs we get to do is a mentoring group at Horizon Elementary School where we have a group of seven boys that we've walked with since September, and we're talking to them about respecting women, respecting their teachers, um, what does it look like to dream, appropriate um, behavior in different environments. So it's, it's just been fun. and We got to go to a Mariners game on Wednesday that was our celebration to the boys for their year, and it was beautiful A lot of these boys are their first m l b game, and they were giddy and excited um uh, part of me I think they were giddy because they got to get out of school all day but <clears throat> but no they were they were um they were really excited just to go somewhere and go with you know their one of the, the teachers he he went with us, and a mother leader and they all got their own money to spend to buy food, so it was a blast um so let me get back to my notes because that was off notes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm thankful for this opportunity to share the word of God with you this morning as we continue in our series, Unqualified, a study of discipleship out of the gospels. And the question that, that we've been, we've been seeking to answer during the series is how do we move from people who are merely Christians to people who become disciples of Jesus? Man, that was a great question. That's a great question, Pastor Chris. <laughs> Pastor Chris, he taught us early in the series that the word Christian is only used three times in the Bible, while the word disciple is used over 269 times. Amen. And I also appreciate what he's continued to say during the series. Discipleship is a process. We are continuing to learn, grow, learn, grow as we w- work out our faith in the Lord. By God's grace. Amen. So this morning, we'll continue our journey I'm learning about discipleship from the Word of God found in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 13. <clears throat> and before we jump into our text, uh, we need to go back to set up the scene for a little bit. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, Jesus shared with his disciples that he was going to be handed over to the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, to be killed. And then he was going to raise from the, the grave three days later. Jesus also tells his disciples this again in Matthew chapter 17, verse 22. Sandwiched between these verses that I just mentioned is our text, which shares with us how Jesus was preparing his his three disciples for what was going to happen next, after he's killed and he ascends to heaven. So today we're going to discuss what the disciples needed to complete this this new mission that Jesus was going to give them. How are they going to complete this? Let's look at this passage of scripture together. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as light. Just then appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them. Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. It's Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 through 13. Um, So Jesus takes these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, with him to pray on a mountain. And when he gets to the top of this mountain, the disciples fall asleep. Now, the reason I say they fall asleep is because Luke, in his gospel, he records a little bit more detail of what what happened on this mountain that we can see. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke actually have this this Bible this story in their gospel. John doesn't have it. So disciples are sleeping, which I probably would have fell asleep too if I went up early in the morning to pray. And while they were sleeping, Jesus's appearance changed. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became bright white. They were just shining, just a whole bunch of Clorox bleach was on them. (laughs) Then appeared to speak with Jesus were Moses and Elijah. These men were important figures in Israel's history. Moses was the greatest leader ever in Israel's eyes. Greatest. And Elijah, he was the greatest prophet. And then you have Jesus, the promised savior of the nation, of the world. Now when the disciples woke, they noticed Jesus' face shining. They noticed his clothes bright, and they noticed him speaking with Moses and Elijah. And Peter asked, could he put up three shelters, these tents for each of them? He asked this question because he recognized the importance of this moment, the ties to the Old Testament. The Feast of Tabernacles was a yearly celebration that the Israelites celebrated. And during the feast, they looked backwards to the wanderings in the wilderness, that Israel went through for 40 years, and they also looked forward to when God would gather His people to the land of Israel again. Peter figured what he was experiencing, what he was experiencing was the coming of God's kingdom. So he's like, "Hey, we gotta get these tents set up." And while Peter was excited and just giddy in the moment and thinking, "Oh man, the, the kingdom here!" A bright cloud club covered them. Meaning this cloud surrounded them, they were in they were inside of this cloud physically. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And when the disciples heard the voice, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. They were terrified because they remembered their history. Again, everything's connected to Israel's history. And what happened? They remembered Mount Sinai. It was on Mount Sinai that God met with Moses in this thick cloud over the mountain. Moses' face shone because he was in God's presence on this mountain. These were visible signs to the disciples that God was present with them on this mountain. Jesus' face shining. Like the sun, his clothes bright white, the voice from the cloud in the cloud. Disciples knew that Jesus, that God was with Jesus, and that God's glory was with them. They were terrified. My best friend, who, who has a, a biblical studies degree, and, and he, he enjoys talking to me a lot about Scripture, And I love talking with him, too. I'm a I kind of I love I love deep theological discussions, but he shared with me some nuggets from this passage in relations to Israel's past. He says on Mount Sinai, God spoke of forgiven sins, making covenant and doing wonders in the gospel accounts. We see Jesus forgiving sins, doing wonders, performing miracles and the rest of the gospel moves towards him making a covenant, him being the presence of Yahweh, tabernacled with us. John, in his gospel, writes it like this, John chapter 1, verse 14. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. This leads me to my first kind of takeaway from this passage as disciples of Jesus, Um, As disciples, we're commanded to listen to Jesus. See, on Mount Sinai, Moses, he received these stone tablets, which he broke, and he had to go back and write them again. And on them have these commandments, God's law, and that will the people receive from God. here on this mountain, the only command God gives is what? Listen to Jesus. Jesus is the living word of God. Jesus is the word that God has given us to give us life, not death. We're called to obey Jesus. That's our job as disciples. That was the disciples' job, was to obey and to follow what Jesus said. Obeying the Son of God, listening to what he says, doing what he says. Jesus declared in his sermon, He said, those who hear my words and do them is like a man who built his life on a rock. And then he said, if you don't listen to my words, you're like a man who built his house on sand. That house ain't going to stand. Next point is, as disciples of Jesus, we must remember that God's presence is with us all the time, even when the journey's tough. See, Luke, Luke, in his gospel, he he helps us understand what Jesus, Moses and Elijah were talking about. Jesus and Moses were having a conversation about Jesus's departure. Now, the Greek word for departure is Exodus. That sounds familiar, huh? The book of Exodus. Every single Jesus was preparing for his own exodus to the cross. He needed God's encouragement and God's power to finish that work. See, the cloud, Jesus' face shining, the bright, the bright clothes told the disciples this and told Jesus the same. That God's Shekinah glory was on Jesus and in Jesus. This is the same glory that led Israel through the desert 40 years in the form of a cloud God displayed his glory to his people in a cloud. God promised in the Exodus to guide, protect, and provide for his people. He did it. He never led them in the wrong direction. Not at all. And he was assuring his son Jesus and assuring the disciples that he will continue to be present. He will continue to be with them. He will continue to be with those who call on his name. See, the confidence of us who follow Jesus, who call on the name of Jesus, as Chris shared with us earlier, is the confidence that God is with us and that God has given his glory to us through his Holy Spirit, which is a guarantee for us that we are never going to be left alone. Ever. In this life and when we get to eternity. Never. God's Spirit is on us. See, we need the Holy Spirit to be our GPS, so to speak. I love saying, hey, Siri, tell me how to get to the Mariners game. (laughs) How about I five? The Holy Spirit gives us our direction. He helps us understand the decisions that we need to make. He gives us confirmation and he empowers us to follow that vision that God has given us. Remember a while back, Pastor Ben Dixon, when he was here, he shared a word with me. Um. And he sensed that God would have me seek him for new direction, not to make decisions based on my past efforts or experiences. I appreciated that word because my normal is to make decisions based off of how things went in the past. You know, hey, went good. Oh, that felt good. So, OK, I'm going to go with what feels good again. You guys understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, we do that. And the disciple is constantly seeking direction from God at every turn, no matter what. We're seeking God's direction in our spiritual life, parenting, dating life, married life, finances. The ministry, you put it in there. We're seeking his direction. Another point is disciples stand in awe of God, but we don't have the in terror of them. It's respectful to be in awe of the fact that God is holy, that he's totally powerful, he's majestic, he's just marvelous. See, when we come into God's presence or he comes to us, I kind of think he comes to us. Which just my opinion. We should revere him in humility and respect. Jesus touched his friends when they were down on the ground scared, and he said, get up don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Those are words that he echoes throughout the gospel to his his friends. He wants them to not be afraid because God's presence is here to lead them, protect, reveal truth, provide comfort, correction, strength, give wisdom, and to be on them. We should only do What Moses and the Psalm writer says, be still and know that he is God. Acknowledge his presence. Acknowledge his presence. Acknowledge the fact that God, you're here. I love you. And just worship him. Acknowledge it. We don't have to fear that he's with us. But take comfort in that. As disciples are. And Jesus are walking down the mountain. He tells them not to share anything that, that they've seen or heard with anyone until he's raised from the dead. And the disciples ask him a question about what the teachers of the law say. They say, Elijah must come first. And then Jesus corrects them, and he says, I tell you, Elijah has come, and they did what they wanted to do with him. They killed him. See, John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus. But the religious leaders, they didn't listen to him or even notice what he was doing. They killed John for doing God's work. In the kingdom of God, it didn't enter with a battle or a king coming in and conquering the enemy nation. No, the kingdom of God was brought in by Jesus going on an exodus to the cross. He went through insults, mistreatment, beatings, he didn't complain. The children of Israel did a whole lot of complaining. See the context? They complained. Jesus didn't. Jesus trusted in God during his whole journey to the cross, just like John the Baptist trusted in God for his journey. So instead of entering the land of promise, Jesus entered a kingdom that was everlasting. Through his death on the cross, we have access to God because of what Jesus has done. Man, that's awesome. A little nugget about John the Baptist. If you want to go back and look at Matthew chapter 11, get a picture of John the Baptist. He's sitting in prison. And he's a little concerned. He tells his disciples, hey, you need to go talk to the Jesus guy and ask him if he's really the Messiah. Because he was concerned. I was sharing your word. I was preparing the way, and now I'm in prison. What's up with that? And Jesus Share the word back to him. He gives him this word from Isaiah. And Jesus says the statement. He said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Hmm. I'm pretty sure John got that. I struggled with getting that for a while. But Jesus saying, hey, don't be offended because my ways aren't the ways you want them to be. And you're going to stumble if you think that. We got to realize, the disciple realizes this, that we must die to our own ideas of what God is going to do. We have to surrender our plans and our thoughts to God. We choose to be put in situations God puts us in because we know that he will guide us, that he will give us clarity and direction. And we know that in end God is concerned about making us into the image of his son, Jesus. See, Jesus didn't come to conquer earthly kings. He didn't come to be president. He didn't come to be none of that. Sorry to let you guys know that, but it's the truth. He came to bring glory to his Father in heaven. He came to do God's work. See, and I, I struggle with that, with my plans. And I want to do, I remember uh, before I started Cam in 2008, I kind of struggled in this, this year, three-year window. Before I went ahead and started writing the nonprofit, because I liked the job I had, and you know, I was making some money. Everything was comfortable. It was good. I knew what I could expect, and I still felt God whispering, "You need to do this. You need you need to step out of faith." I'm like, "Nah, God, nah." But I remember the day that that helped me do that was I was just praying, and the Lord spoke Matthew chapter six to me. In verse 33, where Jesus says, a little bit before that, he says, you know, don't worry about your clothing, your shelter. And then he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will follow. And I was like, man, why you got to tell me that? <laughs> but you know what? He's provided. He's provided ever since then. And I ain't going to lie. There's still, there's still days now where he says, hey, you remember that verse? I'm like, yeah, I remember God. But let's not go through that again, please, because that was, that was a little uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable. Well, what you going to do? And I'm thankful that he's patient. Aren't you glad he's patient? See, as disciples of Jesus, the question is, how are you seeking to bring glory, God glory, in your home? How are you seeking to bring God glory in your school, your job, your relationships? What exodus are you on right now? And on that exodus, how often are you stopping to visit with God and just listen? Where are you sensing God is leading you next? So as unqualified disciples who are seeking to be, to continue to learn and grow. Here are a couple of things. Last thing to kind of tie up everything that we're just sharing. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Practice your faith daily by getting into your word, prayer, discussing what you're learning with somebody. You know, that's like one of the best ways to to grow and learn is to have a discussion with somebody about what you're learning. And have them kind of, if they're like, I ah. I got a different opinion. Listen to it. You know, kind of chew it, chop it up. So my best friend and I do, and it really it helps me a lot is we have conversations, but we're listening to Jesus. We're talking about scripture together, praying. Second is to remember God is present with us. Remember that. Know that God is with you on the road you're on. God hasn't, hasn't abandoned you. You may feel alone, like the psalmist says. Admit that to God. God can handle it. He, he's he's pretty self he's pretty self confident. God, I don't feel like you're with me, man. Admit it to him. Honesty is good, and take time to acknowledge His presence in your life. Welcome His presence with you every day. Amen. Welcome it. See, I'm not really I'm learning to grow in that area to be a little bit more. God, bring Your presence. I remember when we did our our uh, our fasting back in January. Kind of where I felt God prompted me was each day wake up, invite Him to come along on the journey, and also to be flexible, which leads to my next point: move or stay where God is leading you. In the book of Numbers, in chapter nine, we read from verse 15 down to to 23 how the Israelites operated each day, and it said that they followed the cloud. And they stopped where the cloud stopped. And when the cloud moved, they took off. And it said sometimes they were there for two days, sometimes for some weeks, sometimes for the months, and they had to move. They had to be ready to row. And I got to be honest, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I love consistency. Again, 20 years doing one thing, you guys are going to, I love it. But even in that 20 years of doing this one thing, God is had led me different places. I had to go and grow in different areas. And it's been uncomfortable, but you know what? I'm still here. I'm growing, I'm learning. And so I struggled with that one. And so that was my challenge too, is be flexible in my schedule because, oh man, I love my schedule to be just, you know, my wife laughing cause she gets it, you know? She struggles with me. Cause like, you know, hey, when I wake up in the morning, I like for it to be quiet, make my breakfast. You know, going to take my bath, chill, help with the kids, and the kids come in. They know daddy's routine too. You know, you know. It's, so, so it's crazy. But even in my work life, I'm like, okay, God, I want to get to the office. Okay, I want to turn the computer on. I want to get some things I need. To, and when curveballs happen, it throws me off. And God was like, be flexible. So Pastor Chris, one day we had we were having a meeting, and um, for BBS, matter of fact, and and driving in i was like okay go to this meeting then i gotta go back to the office and get prepared for coaching basketball get my thing ready and pastor chris said hey man you want to go get lunch and i kind of twitched for a little bit and he's kind of <laughs> looking at me he looked at me kind of weird and he's like what i'm i'm having this i'm having this discussion with god I'm like well god you told me to practice being flexible but i don't really want to be flexible right now i got some stuff. but is this one of those things and I'm twitching past Chris still looking at me. He's like, dude, you don't have to. I'm like, no, okay, I'll do it. And then I told him, <laughs> and I told him, I'm like, all right, man, I'm practicing being flexible. <laughs> so that's, I'm just being honest. I'm being real. And it's, it's okay. God can handle you being real with him. Um, and, and I'm trying to grow that. And, um, you know, my wife is awesome in this. Like, she's she's great at being flexible. You know, my wife was selling clothes for a minute. She decided to shut that down. And. Now she's making aprons and stuff and she's making stuff and I'm like I'm twitching, like, how can you do that? Like can stay with one thing. Just yeah. but she's learning she you know, she's God's example to me of being flexible, being open, being led, and so so I thank you for that. I give you a hard time for it, but I thank you for that. <laughs> and then uh, and then lastly, disciples, we daughter our plans. Uh, we lay down our agendas and our plans at the cross because to enter into God's kingdom means I must die to myself first. And I got to die every day. And, and it's tough to die every day. But when we die every day, we raise up a new life in Jesus. And so South River Four Square Church, I, I thank you and um, I appreciate you for, for extending, extending your open arms to allow me to grow and to learn here in our congregation. Um, through your support, through just me as a person, has is, is been awesome. Uh, most, uh, you know, in the past, so share this openly. In the past, you know, I couldn't go to church and just be Tyrone. In other churches I was at, was like, oh, you do Casino World Kids Ministry. Hey, let's talk to you about this. Blah, blah, blah. But here, you guys, you guys love me for Tyrone, and you let me be Tyrone. You care about my family, invest in my family, and and you you recognize, yeah, you do CRKM but you ain't constantly. But pardon me with that, and I appreciate that. Um, but but you invest in my, my, my eternal life. I appreciate you. I love you. And I'm thankful for this opportunity to share, and I'm done. Bless you.
0: You've been listening to a podcast from South Everett Foursquare Church. For more information about us, please visit us online at www.southeverett.org.